Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. Good morning, it's Pastor Julie Lewis, and we are in our final session of our sermon series, Something's Gotta Give, today's um, sermon worth more than you might think. And we have our scriptures from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, 44, and 45, and then Romans 12, 1 through 3, and 9 and 10. So starting in Matthew, and Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. And then from Romans. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor. The word of God for the people of God. We give thanks to God for the reading of God's word. Well, there are lots of words that refer to disrespect, Affront, dis, insult, offend, outrage, slap in the face, slight, wound, impertinent, impolite, imprudence, incivility, inconsiderate, insolent, rude, and ungracious being only some of them. We all have our own thoughts about what is really disrespectful, don't we? And it can range from not calling your mom back when you said you would, to treating someone as though they have no value, to acts of violence that can end someone's life. There's so much disrespect in the world, and it seems to be getting worse and worse. No respect for our government and its officials. No respect for our frontline workers and first responders. No respect for our elders, our parents, any authority over us, our laws, and for people in general. We see it on the news or in our real lives every day. You can feel the disdain and contempt between our political parties and elected officials. The office of the president doesn't even get the respect it afforded in the past. People and celebrities are not valued for their talents and gifts, but only for what they wear or the latest tweet. And whatever they have to tweet about is twisted. And some pretty harsh and rough, even demeaning comments are left to raise a social media storm. In Alabama, one of the city leaders used a racial slur to call out our the mayor for using a racial slur, mudslinging and disrespect 
at its best. We don't respect our planet as the levels of pollution are rising all the time, even creating five giant plastic islands in the global seas, one twice the size of Texas. In Japan, to prepare for the Olympics, they mandated tearing down hundreds of homes, ones often in a family for generations, just to build those venues. No respect for those families that live there. And sometimes that lack of respect comes in how we speak to each other or the value we place in their accomplishments. Think about how disrespectful it was for the person to tell Dr. Jill Biden that she shouldn't use her well-earned title as the first lady. People driving down the road, cutting people off, and then shooting randomly into vehicles. No respect for other drivers or their lives. Bullies are everywhere, telling others they aren't good enough or flawed in some way that they don't measure up. Taking bribes to doctor building inspections, putting lives in danger, because the money is way more important than human life. Yes, disrespect comes in so many ways, and it can make us angry. It can make us cry get us depressed, we can lose our self-esteem, we can lash out, make rash decisions, or contemplate ending our lives. It hurts or breaks our relationships, destroys marriages and families, creates workplace violence. It increases our fears and anxieties and can even lead to physical illness like high blood pressure, migraines, digestive issues, and so many others. Many times it just becomes a tit-for-tat kind of thing where we begin to be disrespectful just because someone has disrespected us. Something's got to give. How do we get out of the cycle? Acts of disrespect won't really go away, so how do we deal with them? How, do, how are we to respond as followers of Jesus Christ? How do we begin to be more and more respectful in our interactions with others? Jesus calls us to love one another, love our neighbors, even love our enemies. And it sounds, it's harder than it sounds, but maybe we can start with just being respectful. Ramping down the level of disrespect in the world by, at the very least, not adding to it. Jesus and Paul help us out with that. So let's dig in. Well, hopefully we already, as followers of Jesus Christ, have the sense that Jesus doesn't think disrespect of any kind should be seen in the lives of his followers. We know that because of how he treats other people and how he directs his followers to treat others. In his time, it would have been okay to treat those of lower status in life with disrespect of all forms, but he never did. He makes sweeping statements of how that kind of behavior and thinking is beneath those who claim to love him. You are the light of the world, he says. Let your good works be seen by all and give glory to God. Don't judge. Forgive others as we have been forgiven. If you are angry with a brother or sister, you are liable for judgment. Be reconciled with anyone who has a grudge against you. Turn the other cheek. Do to others as you would have them do to you. He's patient and kind. He's compassionate. 
He treats all people as though they have value, no matter what they look like, their physical health, their status, their amount or level of faith, their gender, their age, their culture, or how they treat him. Jesus understands more than anyone the effects of disrespect. He suffered it in so many ways throughout his lifetime. He was called a liar. He was threatened to be shoved off a cliff, laughed at, bullied, publicly challenged with a goal of humiliation, the object of gossip and rumors. He was betrayed, abandoned, denied, and finally treated with such disdain and disrespect that he was intentionally put to death, even though he was known to be innocent, publicly and personally humiliated as he was spit on, beaten, stripped naked, mocked, paraded through crowds of people, and nailed to a cross in a prominent place for everyone to watch him slowly and painfully die. Jesus knows what it means to be disrespected, what it feels like. So if you've felt that before, you're definitely not alone. And if you say, well, that was way more than just disrespect, you might be right. But everything anyone ever did to Jesus started with a lack of respect. Respect, by definition, is to consider worthy of high regard, to have a sense of worth or value. Disrespect, by this account, then, is to lack special regard or respect for, to have a low regard or esteem for someone or something. How we treat one another, how we interact with the world, starts from the foundation of our sense of worth or value, either for ourselves, for others, or even for the world around us. So I want you to take a moment And I want you to think about a time when you felt truly respected, that someone treated you as though you had value. And if you can do that, think about how did that make you feel? Did you get a rush of happiness, contentment, feeling good about yourself, like you had a place in the world that you belonged? Now think about a time when you felt disrespected, like you had no value in that situation. How did that make you feel? Most likely not very good. I'll bet though it was easier to remember the disrespect than the respect. Why is that? Because it hurts. Disrespect leaves scars that are hard to heal. I don't know why, but it's far easier for us as human beings to believe that we don't have any value in this life than to believe that we do have value, are more than worthy of respect. Jesus tells us we have value. We are worthy of love, worth so much 
that to him we are worth everything in the world. The kingdom of heaven is like. Well, let's start with the second parable. A merchant in search of fine pearls. He finds one pearl, one of great value, and he goes and sells all he has and buys it. Everything. For one pearl, nothing else mattered. That's the kind of value this pearl has to him. Now, if this is talking about the kingdom of God, then what are the pearls? Well, that would be you, and that would be me. Why do you love Jesus? How does having faith in Christ make you feel? Why did you begin to believe in him in the first place? Well, I really began to love, really love Jesus when I finally understood the value I had in his eyes. He wanted me. He loved me so much, no matter what I looked like, no matter what I had done, no matter how I had treated other people, or what I had done with my life. I am that pearl. And he gave everything, everything he had just for me. That kind of respect, that kind of love, a love that sees me with such value, filled me with joy. I couldn't help but love him back and want to live in his kingdom, where I could live in the respect and love of the kingdom of God forever. See, to Christ, you are that pearl too. He gave everything for you. Such love and respect. We call that grace. Which takes us back to the first parable. The kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field. The parable says, the kingdom of God is like something so valuable. A treasure that once someone finds it, they will sell everything to have it. Essentially saying that nothing is more valuable to the finder. Now, I think about people who are actual treasure hunters, you know, right? Recently, someone found the treasure buried by an author who left clues in a poem, one that thousands of people have been searching for for over a decade. Just the idea that he found it made him happy. Even without the monetary value, just the discovery added value to his life, knowing he could do it that he had found something so valuable. Now, how do you think you'd feel if you found a buried treasure worth millions of dollars? See, lots of people were searching for that treasure. This parable helps us understand that our faith in Jesus, our discovery of God's love for us, the knowledge that we belong and have value to God, is the greatest treasure we can own. 
See, many things can be buried in a field. Think about it. Rocks, garbage, loose change, dead animals, our dreams for the future, our ability to trust, our hopes, our relationships, our problems, many of the things we don't want to look at or the world tries to hide from us. So look around in your mind's eye. Look around the field of your life. What's hidden in your field? See, Jesus tells us there is a treasure hidden there waiting for us to find. It's the kingdom of God, a kingdom we all have the ability to find. And once we find it, once we put our faith in Christ and see the great value of becoming part of the kingdom, it's a treasure that will never rot, rust, or be taken from us. But it's a treasure that will cost us everything. We will have to give up who we were before. Give up our hopes and our dreams, our way of living, the things we value, the ways we've learned to see the world and treat other people. There's a new kingdom waiting for us. And if we can just see the value of living in that kingdom, even when it's hidden from those who choose not to see it, we receive new life. In these two parables, we can see that God gave everything for us because we are so valuable to him. And if we want Jesus in our lives, if we can see the value of our faith, we are called to give everything to him, our mind, body, heart, and soul to God. It's a relationship, give and take, that is based on respect, but most importantly, God and God's love. Love for God, love for others, love for self, treasure in, treasure out. Now Paul reminds us that new life in the kingdom, new life in Christ doesn't leave us the same. Be transformed, he says, by the renewing of your minds. In simple words, we learn to think about, to see the world and everyone in it in a new way, the way of the kingdom. We see the world and everyone in it as treasures. If God sees you, sees me as pearls, treasures worth dying for, doesn't that mean that every human being created by God is a treasure too? We can put up with disrespect from other people knowing that our true value comes from Jesus. Our self-worth is not based on the names we are called, the prejudices we face, the amount of money we have in the bank, the many ways the world tries to tell us we're not enough, the abuse we suffer, 
the rejection from family, friends, or spouses. Our value comes from the cross. The greatest treasure ever planted in a field. But it goes both ways. The people we encounter are also treasures to God. Paul tells us we can't think of ourselves more highly than we ought. We should strive to remember that Jesus died for all. All people are precious to him. And if we can just see those we encounter as treasures to God, how could we possibly do anything, behave in any way disrespectful to the ones that Jesus loves as much as he loves us? Now, I know that there are people in this world that anyone might label as evil People who have done heinous things and don't even seem to care. People we probably would be inclined to say have no value at all. Maybe there's some people in your life that have treated you poorly. And it's hard to see the value in what they've done to you. And in some sense, that may be true. But in the kingdom of God, all human beings are created by him, loved beyond their value to the world, even if that value inside of them is so hidden that we don't know if we'll ever find it. But I believe Jesus is telling us over and over in his word that if nothing else, how we treat someone How we interact as his followers should be based first and foremost on respect, respect for their humanity, even if they have no respect for others. Respect for Jesus' sacrifice on their behalf, even if they don't know or if they don't care. Remember, Jesus cried out, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. I believe that still holds true. Paul tells us to let love be genuine, to hate what is evil. I don't mean, I don't believe that means to hate the person doing evil things, but all that is evil within them and the evil thoughts born in our souls because of it. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Sounds like that could be a new Olympic event. We often find ourselves responding to disrespect with anger and thoughts of vengeance. But even worse is forgetting what a treasure all people are to God. How disrespectful to God it can be when we behave and act like we have no value ourselves. Making choices that show the world how little we think of ourselves. Engaging in harmful behaviors. Getting in harmful relationships, allowing ourselves to be bullied and settling for less than God wants for us, disrespectful of the treasure we are to God and to the life that we have been given. And then there's the ways we can disrespect those around us, like 
intentionally saying things to humiliate someone, speaking down to them, calling them names or giving them labels, pointing out their faults or mistakes, just being plain rude, making threats or engaging in harassment or abuse. We've seen them all and probably participated in those actions more than we would like to admit, but more subtly, we might act like they're not even there, ignoring their presence, being impatient, passively resistant to their requests or needs, not listening, or putting on an expression that says way more than words. All of these behaviors and more create division, hurt feelings, broken relationship, and an angry, depressed world. A world that cannot see its own value. See, we can't change anyone else's behavior. We really can't. I keep saying that, and I hope that we get that. Disrespect is everywhere, and it probably isn't going away anytime soon. What we can do is to let Jesus change us. Find that treasure right inside of you. Let God reveal to you that you are a pearl of great value. Let that sink in. You are a treasure. Say it with me. I am a treasure. When that happens, when you really understand that, Jesus gives us a new standard of what is valuable. And we can see God's treasure inside of us. It's no longer hidden. And it makes it easier for us to see the treasure in all people. We may find it hard to love. Boy, that's a journey. But it all starts with the treasure of respect. Listen to people. Reach out to people. Tell them about the treasure you found. Tell them they are a treasure too. Not just in words, but by how you treat them. Maybe then we'll all see that we're all worth more than we might think after all. Then the kingdom will grow a little bit larger. Because in the end, love finds a way. Don't let it be hidden. Show some respect. And let love be your greatest treasure. Amen.